Fantasy managers, hello and welcome back to the Game Week 7 preview show brought to you by the FPL Addicts and sponsored, of course, by Bonus Bank. After a long World Cup break, we are back. The Premier League is back on Boxing Day, so just a few days out from that now. And we're back with the panel today to give you all the best insights um, and all of that good stuff towards FPL. Because if you like most of us, we haven't really looked at it over the break. Um, there's been a couple of people that I've seen on Twitter that have been, you know, changing their teams and whatnot but um uh, most of us here today are uh, fairly fresh and uh, we're going to be giving you the best best advice um you can always count on that so uh we've got ollie Chaz, who is the uk correspondent for today's stream um because he is currently in the uk and with the absence of reedy and the rev unfortunately um Chaz is you know he's got all the inside information uh with england so Chaz, how are you faring up with the uh, the cold weather so far mate firstly Fantastic to be back. Getting on the podcast is a highlight of my day. It's amazing. Better get on the bears, mate. Okay, it's morning here. We'll get to that <laughs> later on. Okay. Just Best of both worlds. You see, we need to adjust ourselves after a month. And now you've gone down that path after what has been an exhilarating World Cup, too. But it's awesome to be here. Great to have your company. Chasa, listen, like you're in the UK, mate. How has it been? Like in the pubs? Any live, any live football action so far with the World Cup? Did you watch the League Cup this morning? Come on, you're in England. Soak it up yeah. and tell right. us. I'll go quickly on the League Cup. I see it's a weird routine I have. I'll go to bed at 8, smash out a 6am run. It would be around 6 degrees too. And then I'll just snooze through it. The World Cup-wise, I was keen to go to do that pub crawl. However, the Cousins didn't leave till very late on. And they just really ruined my afternoon. So I had to watch it from my grandparents' place. Not happy at all. But there we are. It was still good. It was an amazing cup final too. It, it really was. Um, you know, that game had pretty much everything that you could want from a final. Um, and obviously Argentina came out on top. A lot of very happy Messi fans all around the world. But um, now that that is over, as we say, we can focus back on domestic football. It, you know, it feels like pre-season now, boys, doesn't it? It really does feel like, you know, the, the Premier League getting ready to go again. Um, it can be very easy to forget that, you know, 16 game weeks have been played. Um, but Jack, how do you think, you know, it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be, you know, normal back into things? Or do you think teams are going to take a couple of games to, you know, get the cogs turning again? Well, listen, good to be back on the podcast, lads. Uh, I've missed you, Elliot. I think it's your first one since game week two, I think, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so it has been a couple of absences. <laughs> good to have you back in, mate. You started well and then flew off. And good to have Chaz on the stream as well. Uh, I want to discuss, discuss his haircut, his mullet at some point. Uh, and Ollie, good to see he's got a bit of a tan for the first time as well. He's looking fresh from his from his holiday. But back into your question, mate. Loving um, Premier League being back. World Cup was great. Are teams going to be back ready to go? I think so. I mean, you saw this morning in the League Cup, uh, teams were pretty much all the all the players were back <laughs> from the World Cup. United put a great, like a really strong team out. Uh, it was only obviously Slabed and Martinez who were missing. Um, Really. So I think, yeah, everyone's looking good. And it was good to get that full team out for United in that aspect, just to make sure we are ready for going into uh, Boxing Day games. I think everyone's going to be just raring to go. Everyone's obviously still fit from the World Cup. There's a couple of players who may be slightly off the pace, but no doubt those who missed out in the World Cup have kept themselves fit. A couple of teams went on tour as well. Um, for example, United went to Spain. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone's going to be good to go, to be fair, mate. And I think there are going to be crazy results, as we know. The Premier League has been very unpredictable this season as well. A couple of crazy results. 
uh, a couple of big results. So expecting lots more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's what we're all eager and waiting for. Um, Ollie, while we're on the topic of, you know, cup games, um, Blackburn obviously did have the chance to, to beat a Premier League side um, this morning, but unfortunately didn't uh, go too well for them, did it? You boys lost 4-1 to Nottingham Forest. And uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, he's going to be in your FPL team for the rest of the season, isn't he? Absolutely not, mate. It's very wiry of you to even mention that. I thought you were going to bring it up. Um, you know, we are back. We weren't back until you were... You took a shot at Rovers, mate. We are truly back now. But just to echo the sentiments of everybody else, it's great to be back here uh, with you, lads. Uh, miss you guys over the World Cup break. So um, good to be back, reconnecting with the FPL community. Uh, Jesse Lingard is not going to be my FPL team. Um, I will provide a quick comment on Forest. They absolutely tore us apart this morning. Uh, we did put a second strong, uh, second string team out. Sorry, um, but Brennan Johnson was man of the match by an absolute mile. Our knee was quality. Um, yeah, we were awful. So, um, yeah, look, it would have been nice to beat a second Premier League team and go into the cup quarter final after we beat West Ham in the previous round, but not to be. Uh, we can focus on the league now. That's what everybody says when they're out of the cups. So, uh, yeah, focus on the league. But, yeah, Forest. I know they've got your United, Jack, um, coming up next game. So, I wouldn't be going for any Forest assets. But, my word, they were full strength this morning and they looked pretty damn good. I heard they're going back into the transfer market. I don't think 21 players is enough, apparently. Do they need more all? Um, I mean, it's Nottingham Forest, so they're going to sign more. They signed a Brazilian guy over the World Cup break, too, who was a free agent, um, who's been capped once by Brazil. I saw that as well. So they've actually signed somebody else. Over, I forgot his name uh, over the World is Cup break. So it's Cleberson. <laughs> what a throwback that is. <laughs> what a throw... <laughs> what a th- Alexander Pato has come out of retirement. <laughs> Mate, Who's the Arsenal guy? Denielson? We're going all the throwbacks now. Um, it was Gabriel somebody, I think. I think he played for Palmeiras, I'm pretty sure, at one point, um, who they signed. But anyway, off Forest. Um, yeah, they probably will go back into the market, won't they? Um, just because it is Nottingham Forest. They'll probably sign another route, 50-odd players. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really comment too much on Forest other than what I saw this morning, which... Frustratingly for me, being a Rovers fan, um, was good from Forest this morning. They they probably could have had about 10 if our keep wasn't on song. Yeah, well, uh, enough about Blackburn. We'll focus on the Premier League from now and just always have to get the stag the stab the dagger into Ollie's heart just a little bit more um, after Cheers, a loss from Blackburn. And Quentin, it is good to see you back uh, in the live comments. Um, obviously, we've missed a lot of the FPL community that haven't. You know, we've missed we've missed football, we've missed the community. The World Cup somewhat filled the void, but um, it is good to be back um, seeing all the familiar faces. And obviously anyone that is watching along live, um, get your comments in, get your questions in, and we will do our absolute best to get around and answer them. But boys, we can or, get into or, it now. Or give us some advice, Elliot. Yeah, even more That'll importantly. Be, right? So if you want to contribute you'll, you'll... and help us on the podcast, that'd be perfect. You'll know more than us, so please do, uh, you know, give us a little bit of advice. Um, that would be very, very much appreciated from all of us. Um, we'll just go over a quick recap of the leagues. Um, the Members League, Josh um, still remains at the top with JC's Army. Um, and then Donald Breslin sits there in fourth. Matt McKay sits there in third. And John sits there in second. Um, none of the FBL addicts in sight just about yet. But obviously, a long way to go. 22-odd games rest, uh, left for the season. So there is still plenty of time for that one to change and you have to look even further down 
to find us in the public league as well. Um, Josh is only second in that one. So that just shows you how competitive this league um, really is. Um, so again, yeah, it's it's going to be a good 22 game weeks. I think, you know, it really does feel like the season's been split in half. Um, and obviously there are going to be the leagues now where you can start fresh from zero points. FPL announced the other day. So I think a lot of people will be dipping their toes into that one and um, looking at, you know, maybe just a 22 game week season. But Jack, you won't be wanting that considering you're top of our podcast league, will you? Not at all. Uh, listen, that's where I've been since the start. And that's where I'm going to remain, it looks like. Or not. Listen to him. Yeah. Listen to him. <laughs> oh, come Listen on, to come him. at me. Come at me. Come on. Come on. Give me the mate, silence. Mate, I am. Um, Ollie's the closest I'm, to you at the minute, heels. so he's the one that can chat. Yeah. I've come oh. from absolutely nowhere. You have um, come from I'm nowhere. On, I'm on my way. Um, I've I've made my draft today. Um, I've, I've pre-planned it coming into today, so I've got an idea of what I want to do. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not going to go the early crawl and say I'm going to win the whole thing, but. For Jack to say he's going to win it is blasphemy. Like, come on. Uh, but no, on, on a serious note, Jack's had a great start to the season. And, um, a great first half. I, I won the first well, half of the season. That's, yeah, that's in, the words of, in the words of Andy Tate, the Manchester United fan on, I think it was on full-time <laughs> Devils, second <laughs> half of the season, we're doing a title charge. <laughs> Very good. We'll all be hoping that Jack gets a, knocked yeah. off in that top spot, I think. It's a, t- it's a tough one. I mean, to continue your form and stay top. It is going to be tough, a bit like Arsenal. I imagine I'm going to, I'm going to fade away. Chaz? Big fight. Yeah. Words. Big fight in words. Going back to Ollie's quote, when he mentioned Andy Tate, I genuinely thought he meant the other Andrew Tate, who's the big no. worldwide entertainer. <laughs> I, I cleared that up straight away. I, I, I made sure. Our opening podcast. I, I made sure. I made sure to, the, you know, the original Andy Tate. Okay. You know, everybody. If I clear up and say the United fan, you know who I mean. Come on. Very, very fair. Chaz, um, you're sitting there in, uh, you know, fifth in the league and Reedy's been relegated to doing the Christmas shopping today with his missus um, because he's bottom of the league. So, Chaz, are you hoping you can uh, put up a bit more of a fight in the, the second half of the season, get Almiron in your team and, uh, you know, rock it up the league? Firstly, after the butchering wildcard, which turned into a worldwide sensation all over the internet, I did come to terms bringing in Almiron, but now it's bringing up that charge. But you just don't know what each game week is going to bring. Had a poor one, and it goes from second to fifth. It's just a tale of the story at the, at the minute. But I love how competitive our league is. Yeah, I do as well, um, obviously. Banter's always flying, which is the important part. And uh, it is actually quite close um, when you think about it. You know, there's not too much separating top to bottom. Um, so it's always going to be fun over the next 22 game weeks. Quentin's saying that Rashford looked really good this morning, Jack. Um, I only managed to catch his goal and I watched Dubravka's highlights, um, if you can call them highlights. Dubravka's um, highlights? What, are you on player count? He had it. He, he had an absolute. Sh- Did you not see him? He was in that. He had an absolute shocker. Um, oh, I thought he wasn't taking like goal picks. Being... It wasn't taking yeah. goal picks. I don't. Can, yeah. Can you not kick? Apparently, I saw a tweet saying that he kicks like he doesn't like his teammates. He just doesn't oh, want to do them no. a favour. So. I saw yeah, him. Um, I was tra- I was travelling to work this morning, so I've got to work. And I watched the last twenty, so I saw Rash Rash's goal. Um, when I got in the office, uh, which. Look great, remind me of like Ryan Giggs. However, I just felt the left back just didn't want to commit and just ran, ran, ran by his side into the last second and let him go. But what a finish! 
Uh, listen, all you're going to do for good for the confidence is, is obviously straight into my team. Well, he was already in my team anyway, so he's going to be straight in my one. Um, really excited by him. He's looking a lot more like the Rashford we know. Um, I think he could have had a bigger impact in the World Cup as well. Uh, obviously, he did, he did do well in the games he played. He could have had a lot more. Um, and yeah, excited for him. You know, you know, strong strong team we had out this morning. I think Bruno looked good as well from what I saw. Um, and then yeah, I'm so excited to see Anthony come back into the fold as well. Didn't have it. Didn't light up the World Cup like you know Brazil didn't. Um, you know, hopefully he does no pigeon dancing. Seems like a bit of a bad luck charm. Um, but yeah, hopefully he can say it a lot like he did when he first arrived as well. Yeah, absolutely. He was in uh, a lot of people's thoughts to to bring them. Uh, into his into their FPL team, sorry, um, when he first started, you know, he was scoring. Yeah, what I think was it three and three? Three back to back game yeah. weeks, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, so some finishes he, uh, as well. Yeah, he was on a lot of people's radars, and I think, as you say, Rashford, Anthony, Bruno, those sorts of players, even Martial. Now that um, you know Ronaldo's gone, um, we haven't even mentioned that so far. Um, it, it's going to open up a lot of space for you know the younger players. Yeah, we can uh, we can swiftly move on it, but it's going to open up a lot of space for and you know big opportunities for a lot of players to really prove their worth um, to to Ten Hag. I think so. That will be interesting, and I would say Man United definitely a team to keep your eyes on. Quentin's asking about Chelsea, Ollie, and he thinks Sterling um, over the next three game weeks, and he has a double in game week twenty as well, is a good option. And Chelsea probably the team that I've looked at fixture wise that looked the best on paper. Um, over the next five game weeks. So do you think that Sterling's one that you should keep your eye on, Ollie? Yeah, I haven't gone with Sterling myself. I looked at Sterling, but I've gone with other options around Sterling. I've gone with Chelsea options. I agree that Chelsea are the club to look for. Um, The way my team stands at the moment, um, I would like to have Sterling in there. I've not got him in there. I've got two other players at the minute for Chelsea. I think you need at least two. Uh, three, you know, you could go with three. Uh, if you wanted to go with Sterling, uh, you could do. I'll reveal my team a little later on in the episode. I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but I've got two uh, from Stamford Bridge at the moment. Sterling isn't one of them, but I think, yeah, especially with the double coming up soon. Um, you have a look at their fixture at the moment. It's Bournemouth this weekend, then Forest, Manchester City, and Fulham is the double in game week 19. Then Palace, Liverpool, Fulham, West Ham and Southampton takes you to the middle of February. Um, so, yeah, they do have really, really good fixtures. So, I'd be having a look at Chelsea. Um, Sterling is one you could uh, you could have a look at, certainly, but I've not gone with it myself. Yeah, he certainly, certainly is. Um, and I, yeah, as you say, Chelsea are definitely the team fixture-wise. Um, the fixtures has been brought up on the screen here. As you mentioned, they do have Bournemouth um, in that first game back that they play. So you know, that's a big opportunity um, for some big hauls there, you'd like to hope. And, um, you know, the, the likes of Reese James that, you know, didn't obviously get to go to the World Cup because of his injury um, are probably going to be on a lot of people's radars as well. Um, but, you know, Chelsea have been very, very hot and cold um, under Graham Potter and, you know, from the start of the season as well. So I think it is sort of tread lightly, um, have, you know, options available if you do need to take them out. But I actually fancy Chelsea to uh, hit the ground running and sort of really kickstart their season, if I'm honest. Um you know, from now on, I think that they will start to uh, fire on all cylinders. So we'll just have to wait and see if that does happen. If I'm saying it's going to happen, it will probably go the complete opposite way. And uh, Chelsea assets would be the ones to the avoid. Jeans, don't you, mate? Yeah. Well, what you've always got to say it just in case it doesn't happen. And then that's why can... Newcastle have been doing so well because you don't get a chance to say anything about them. Because I don't, I don't back us in every week. Um, but, but quietly, I do. 
but you know if you're vocal about it then you end up looking like a little bit of an idiot half the time so uh we'll just have to see but Newcastle are another team with uh, semi-decent fixtures and we've got Leicester on our first game back um, as well. So Chaz, I know that you're going to a couple of games this week, being in England. So I'm going to ask you if you've got a little preview for any of the match that you're going to. You said you've been watching a couple of TikToks of a couple of players. Oh, in fairness, I've just been watching the Wilfred Zaha dance one on loop. Would have been a good 19 times now. So it just gets me really excited for Monday. At Palace Fulham, I, I see it being... The goal fest. Both sides love to attack. Palace tend to play a lot better at home too. For Arsenal, West Ham, quietly. It seems to be a game where I think Arsenal may find a way to concede, but still find a way to win. But I'd say roughly three goals in each of the games. But look, double header, London Derby, there's nothing like it. Yeah, look, I think you're spot on. Um, and I think it's going to be, you're going to have a really good time um, at the games, as you say. Um, it, you've, you've obviously been to the Emirates before, but Arsenal in red hot form this season. It's the first time you'll ever step into the Emirates with Arsenal being top of the league, surely, isn't it? It is. And every time I've gone there, we've had three different managers in Wenger, Unai Emery, and now Super Mikel Arteta. Don't who, who would have thought that out, out of those three managers, right, when you were going, that Arteta would be the one that would be top of the league with you? Crazy. Yeah, it crazy. is crazy. What I did find out during the week, Elliot, is I sent a photo of you of when I attended the Arsenal-Newcastle game eight years ago, and you were telling me that you actually went to that too. Wait, so we were both at the game. No. To me, and it was, it, was, it was an Arsenal game, and we were both there. Get off. Was, yeah, genuinely. Genuinely. Yeah. Small world, sat near each other. Yeah, well, I did see some lad with a mullet like halfway across the the stadium. I just thought he was some mental guy. So turns out it must must have been Chaz or something. I think. I think he. I think he ran on the pitch. To be honest, I think he ran onto the pitch and gave uh, Alexis Sanchez a hug. So pretty sure that was you, well, Chaz, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, you'd back it because I was on the very last row of the stadium, just right up the very top oh, deck. So yeah, it was certainly me. Yeah, Charles, well, you I... must be absolutely frothing, mate, going into this weekend. Double header. How good's this? That's Premier League. Don't go much better, to be fair. I just want Monday to come to come around to be fair. And the atmosphere at Selhurst, I reckon, will be bouncing too. Because there's been no yeah. football there for a good month. Have you got a chance for us? Have you got, have you got a Crystal Palace chant for us or no, not at the moment, but mate, be check my Instagram story during the Monday. <laughs> Best way to go about it. You just make sure you uh, tag the FBL Addicts pod on the, on the Insta so we can repost everything that you post, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. You might even, could, you could do a takeover if you want. Should we do get, <laughs> you take over the Insta? Chaz takes it for the day. Love it. Do it. Got to do 100% you can do that oh, if you want, mate. Reedy and Mikey are boring. They're never going to games. So we might as well come on. Last time, I did, last, last time we did this, right, Reedy took over the FBL Addicts podcast on Instagram and he went to the uh, Fantasy Football Fest and he was that pissed he, he like he was live in his with the phone in his pocket so we couldn't even know what we didn't know what was going on <laughs> can't imagine it'll be much different for Chaz though, to be honest so yeah I think that's a uh, guaranteed I think our fans will love that mate all, all four of them that's that's the content that you want if I'm a fan and I'm watching along that's what I want I want drunk Chaz at, at yeah, Selhurst can, yeah at Selhurst in Patrick Vieira <laughs> always mate yeah True, you should ask yeah, him if he remembers OWP. 
yeah, interviewing him button. when he was in Melbourne. Crazy, crazy. It's all coming full circle, boys. It's all coming full circle. Before Wait, we move Ollie, on, Ollie, you interview Patrick. Yeah, I was at his press conference. First term names, are we? Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> already I was. That close, I, I, was I was. I was. I was in a press conference with Big Paddy V. Yeah, back it's when. Uh, back when Palace were in Melbourne. Yeah, that's crazy. Pretty cool experience. Asked him a couple of questions. Mentioned yeah. my name, so Patrick Vieira heard my name. Doesn't remember the though. Uh, don't reckon. But it was nice. Cool experience. That's awesome. Yeah, good times. But uh, yeah, enjoy the games, mate. And uh, hopefully you get a couple of goal fests, mate. Should be a Fair bit of fun. You watch it be nil nil after I've said it. Yeah, imagine that, eh? That's your that would be your look. That would be that would be a bit of an Elliot curse, that wouldn't it? The as Elliot long as, Mitch, as long as Mitchell doesn't get subbed before the 60th minute and it's a nil-nil, I do not care less. But knowing he's gonna get hooked on the 58th inning again and it's gonna be just mayhem and chaos. Well while we're chatting about this game though, you might as well just preview who's like with team wise or like Mitrovic against Palace. Like that surely he's gonna be banging. He's going to be banging, mate. He's going to be scoring <laughs> goals. He he is he's going to continue his form. I think he's going to have a brilliant rest of his season. Um, I think he's going to keep firing. He was decent for Serbia at the World Cup. Um, he had an interesting game against Ghana where he had a little bit of a shocker, still managed to score. And they always say it's a sign of a good player when you can have a bad game and end up scoring still. But I think Mitrovic is going to keep firing. And I definitely think he should be on a lot of people's radars because I back him in for the rest of the season. Yeah, Chazza, what about you, mate? What are you thinking about this? Who are you looking for assets out of them two teams? You obviously know Zaha, but do you think he's yeah, firing? Yeah, See, I'm, I'm in a split situation. It reminds me of a time where either I go to bed or I wait till what the Bosch is having for breakfast at Dino's Cafe. Now, in FPL terms, it's sort of, do I want it to be a full-on Boxing Day vibe where I just load on their players or do I make smart decisions? and bring in the most relevant fantasy players at this point of the season. Well, going into that form, see what Palace over the next couple of games, what they got, they got Fulham, Bournemouth away, Tottenham home, next three. Yeah. Fulham have got Palace away, Southampton home. Then they've got a double Leicester away in Chelsea home. Not Newcastle bad Newcastle after that, Tottenham after that. Like, nah, we'll, we'll keep them quiet. And Chelsea away. I mean, they've only got one red on the FDR. So, yeah, Southampton um, with the you know the new manager as well might be interesting. I, I really don't know which way Southampton are going to go. I think it's going to be obvious. Obviously, it'll be one of two ways, but I think it's going to continue downwards as Ollie is pointing for me. <laughs> Ollie, you probably know the most about um, Nathan, Nathan Jones. Jones yeah. um, he, he has the the infamous clip of him saying that he feels physically sick. Um, but you know, a Southampton fan is going to be feeling physically sick come game week twenty five when they are bottom of the league. I reckon so. It's only infamous because that game was against Blackburn and I and I posted that round. That's the only reason why it's infamous. But I don't think Nathan Jones is the right man to lead um, Southampton forward. He's not a proven Premier League manager. He did okay with Luton. He's done some great stuff. With, I say okay, that's, that's not being um, generous enough. He's done brilliant stuff with Luton. But I don't think this is the right job for him. And I think Southampton needed to look elsewhere. I think they're just going to start sliding down the leagues. I think he'll be a great championship manager for him next season to try and take him back up. But um, to be honest, I think Southampton, with that appointment, in my opinion, they've just consigned themselves to a season of championship football next time around. Um, and I think, you know, this might come back to bite me where it hurts, but I think Nathan Jones would be a brilliant manager to take him back up next season, if that's the way it falls. 
Um, I, I, I like Southampton as a club. Um, obviously, Adam Armstrong up top, massive fan of his. But um, yeah, I don't think Nathan Jones is the man. It's going to be interesting to see what style of football he plays. I didn't watch the Lincoln game in the League Cup, which is his first competitive match. In charge of Southampton, obviously, Che Adams got a couple of goals, should have had a hat-trick, but it'll be really interesting to did see, you see how... That? Did you see that miss, goes. by the way, boys? Yeah, the I absolute did. shocker. He, like, dribbled bad. around the keeper and um, dribbled around one, another one of the defenders on the line and still managed to, to mess it up in <laughs> yeah. true Che Adams fashion, to be but honest, just, isn't it? So Yeah, for what it's worth, I would steer clear of Southampton assets just until we see what style of football Nathan Jones plays. Um, and if... They play decent football. If if they can, if you can get them working and ticking over, um, then maybe have a look. I, I have a feeling he's going to be quite somewhat defensive, which is going to be interesting. I mean, it's not great for Southampton if you're going in with a manager who's going to play defensive. Um, but I feel like it's going to be slightly more defensive than attacking, to be honest, having watched some of the Luton games um, against Rovers in the past, especially. Um, but obviously he's got... Higher skilled players, no offense to Luton, higher skilled players at his disposal at Samson. It's going to be interesting, but I just don't think Nathan Jones is the right man personally. This is why we keep him around, boys, because he gives us all the, the championship inside information. Um, this oh, is what championship he does. Segment. It's useful. <laughs> it's useful at this times. Is what he does. It really is useful at times. It is because, you know, you get managers like Nathan Jones who are, you know, doing bits with Luton and then you get managers like Lopetegui who's at Wolves now. Who's right, let's talk Madrid. about this. Is this not managed an outrageous appointment? I think it's a fantastic appointment. Like, absolutely fantastic Where did this even come from? I don't was know. He the last game? I, was he in for game week 16? I think yeah, he yeah. was. was he? Yeah. I, I think he was, right. yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember it. It, it honestly, it the Premier League feels like a distant memory to me. I could not remember a single thing about it. I just remember that Newcastle are third, and I'm still pinching myself about it. But great appointment by Wolves. Um, yeah, so you know, their is, assets become the relevant now. Uh, this is the guy who took the Real Madrid job while he was still in the Spanish job during the last World Cup, right? And then got pinned, <laughs> and then Hierro <laughs> took over, didn't he, for the World Cup? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unreal, yeah. And then he went to Sevilla after that, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, quite quite the CV. It's not exactly Lincoln, uh, Luton Town, is it, Ollie? But um, Se- Sevilla, you're comparing the two. Um, I think Wolves obviously have had quite a slow start to their season. They've struggled to win um, a lot of games. They've, they've got a couple of draws, but mostly mostly it's been uh, poor performances from them. Um, and, you know, the quality they've got, Ruben Neves, Jimenez is back, uh, Matinho, um, you know, their their assets really start to become a little bit more relevant now, I would say. So what do you sort of make of it, Ollie? Yeah, this really caught me off guard. It really did catch me off guard, Lopetegui. One appointment by Wolves. Um, you look at, again, some like Samson. If there's any Samson fans listening, I don't hate your club, but it just shows the clear, the difference between the two. If you juxtapose the two, it shows the clear ambition of Wolves and the lack of ambition from Southampton, I think. I think you'd have got, I'm not a betting man. You'd have got incredibly good money on Wolves appointing a manager with the calibre of Julian Lopetegui a year ago. Like it's it's an appointment straight out of something like FM or FIFA or something. It doesn't seem real. Um, and he'll get he'll get Wolves playing some beautiful football. Um, the likes of maybe Gonzalo Geds. You've got maybe a Dharma who could come forward now and do something. Um, I mean, you mentioned the talent they've got in midfield. They have got stars on every single line. Um, so I think that, yeah, Wolves are going to be looking up. 
And I think Lopetegui is a wonderful appointment. Again, I would err on caution a little bit for a week or two just to see how he sort of gets Wolves playing. But I think it's not as much of a risk going with Wolves assets as it is with Southampton assets when it comes to new managers. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, sorry, I just, I just read an article saying Esco has been linked with Wolves. It's a free agent. <laughs> well, I now. mean, he was he was at he was at Sevilla, wasn't he? And he was obviously at Real Madrid. He's Spanish, so yeah, yeah, makes makes all the sense that signing. Um, and the weirdest part about his appointment is that he is not Portuguese. I understand he's Spanish, which is pretty much Portuguese, but well, it's not. Wolves. If you think Ronaldo, Portugal, you are definitely Spanish. He's like, no, I'm not Portuguese. You think you think Portugal, the closest thing is probably Spain. So that's why they've done it. 101 geography. Geography 101 geography. with Elliot Craig. That's what it is. That's what it is. Anyway, he's not Portuguese, which is the weirdest part. But as you said, Ollie, he's Spanish, so he's gonna get a Dharma fire and he's gonna bring Isco. Ramos is going to be there in a minute. You know, all those big players, all those big names are going to be coming to Wolves now um, and they're going to be signing for them. But yeah, a good appointment. Um, as Ollie said, air on really caution. Yeah. Just wait and see. Um, but, you know, it's looking fairly positive at Wolves and Southampton. On that, on that one, I was looking at Wolves one with um, like the next obviously couple of fixtures. They've got Everton away, United at home, Aston Villa away and West Ham at home. So... Still some good chances for Wolves to kind of pick up a bit of, you know, a couple of points, maybe hopefully it's not against United, but a couple of opportunities in there um, and chance of getting firing, especially if he in- integrates like some new new transfers. But yeah, next one. I was going to mention Emery, Aston Villa. Obviously we saw, you know, you obviously beat United in, in, in his first game. Um, obviously we've got the return, return game against him, but that's obviously what an appointment he is as well. So plenty of big manager names in the Premier League at some random clubs as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously a World Cup champion coming back to, to Birmingham as well, which is not often <laughs> something that you can say. So that's going to be huge for Villa. Um, Unai Emery obviously didn't have the best time towards the end with Arsenal, but I don't think you can deny that he is a fairly fantastic manager and he will get teams results. Um and that's what he's going to probably do with Aston Villa. They needed that turnaround. Gerard was sort of, you know, not not doing it for them. Um, he was all right at the start. But, you know, you look at the players like Coutinho, the quality that they've got there that really aren't just playing well. Um, Emery's the guy that's probably going to unlock that for them. And, um, yeah, if they can get a bit of confidence and a couple of points, you know, some good results on the bounce, as Chaz has got his hand up, I think they will um, start to perform Aston Villa. As much as I am not a huge fan of Aston Villa um, and hope that they don't start to do that. I think it's fairly inevitable with Unai Emery. But Chaz, what are you going to add to that? Firstly, I've really enjoyed the last 10 minutes and the collaboration between you three. I think your chemistry is out of this world. <laughs> I just want to know, is... <laughs> what? We were giving you time to get on the beers, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, is anyone oh, tuned in? Carly, like, mate. Is, 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 is Colm tuned in today? Is anyone tuned Colm's in? in. Any, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, put, he made the comment. He made the comment about you being a West Ham fan because you're an Iron Man. I loved that. No, no one clocked that Bosh. before. That was that was brilliant content. I, I was oh, a massive okay. fan of that. That's good. That was my input for now. Cool. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Absolutely we are brilliant. we are gonna we're gonna before we talk about um premium assets and the way to handle that, um we're gonna go over to the bonus bank probabilities for this week. So if you're new around here, 
and you haven't you know heard of bonus bank or you're not aware what they're doing um it's a a, a tool that you can use to help build your FPL team um, and get more points for your FPL mini leagues as well. Um, it basically displays the probabilities of clean sheets for each team and which player is going to be likely to score from which clubs. Um, and obviously, as I said, it's useful for determining the best defensive players and the best attacking assets to choose for your team. Um, so the top three teams uh, in terms of clean sheets this week at three, we've got Crystal Palace, Fulham, and surprisingly, Crystal Palace, um, you know, have got a 33% chance of keeping a clean sheet this week, which I think is quite interesting. Um, Palace haven't been, you know, the most robust team um, so far this season. And uh, as I think it was Cole mentioned before, there's no Mark Gahey, your man, Ollie, for Crystal Palace either, because um, he's got a suspension for having five yellow cards. But nonetheless, um, Everton have got a 34% chance of keeping a clean sheet against uh, Lopetegui's Wolves. And then the team with the highest clean sheet percentage probability this week is Arsenal Chazza against West Ham. And do you think that the mighty uh, Gunners are going to be able to keep out the Irons? My, a part of me thinks no. I think Hammers might be able to storm a counter-attack, make the most of it, and the away end goes off. As much as I've been impressed by Arsenal defensively, I do have their moments where they let a couple of pockets open for the oppositions to take advantage of. And I think this may be the case come Boxing Day, but I feel Arsenal's firepower up front should be enough to win. To be fair, just quickly on West Ham, I think if any club in the Premier League needed the break, I think it was probably West Ham. They were playing some awful football. Hell, they lost to us in the Cup. There's your marker. Um, they got done off Palace. They're having an awful run. David Moyes was just not getting West Ham to work. Yeah. Um, so they, they'll they want to respond after the World Cup break. I, I think that Arsenal should have enough. I think if you're playing this game before the World Cup break, Arsenal win this about 3-4-0. Um, I don't think it's going to be that one-sided because given how much, you know, how much West Ham will have this drilled into them that they need to respond, it might be a bit closer. But I think... West Ham will be glad that the league's back, but I think they would have been the best suited for the break given where they were at and the form they had leading into it. I think that's a, a very fair take. Um, you know, even their their big quality players weren't really performing. Um, you know, Bowen, who had such an incredible season last season with West Ham, you know, was nowhere to be seen. Skamaka was sort of, you know, starting to, you know, make his uh, make his status known, but he wasn't really doing too much for them. So I think that's a, a very fair take, Ollie. And We'll just have to see if West Ham can really, you know, hit the ground running um, after, you know, Christmas Day and everything and they can get back on their bike because it's very easy to forget that they are also playing in a European competition this season as well. Um, and they're not doing too badly in that one. But, you know, they strengthened in the summer with the likes of Paqueta. So you really would like to think that they start to perform and get a couple more points on the board because they really, really weren't doing too well. Either way, um, in terms of who is going to be the most likely to score this week, interestingly, two Liverpool players in this. Uh, at third, we have Darwin Nunes, who I think a lot of people are going to be interested by for FPL, has a 40.4% chance of scoring against Danny Ward. Um, hang on, they're not playing Leicester, are they? Because Newcastle have got Leicester. Uh, Liverpool are playing Aston Villa. Aston right, Villa. so Unai Emery. Unai Emery and is going to be conceded. <laughs> yeah, what's up? What's happened here? 
they are not. They're not. Newcastle got Leicester, so they're playing. They're playing Aston Villa. It's all right. Um, Liverpool. Uh, the second player from Liverpool who is going to be scoring, according to the bonus back probabilities, is Mohamed Salah. He's got a forty-four point three five percent chance of scoring against them. And then at top, there was never, never going to be anyone else other than this man who's been sitting at home patiently watching his, you know, young counterpart Kylian Mbappe doing the business for France. He is going to be recharged and ready to go for Man City. Highland has a... I'm, good. I'm just going to give you the actual ones for this week's then. <laughs> it's, it's a mix. That was a mix of uh, the t- next two game weeks, game week 17, 18. So I do apologise. I've just updated that now, mate. St- still helpful. That's still helpful over the next two game weeks. Um, you know, maybe you've got to get the Liverpool assets in to your side now um, while the, the fixtures are a little bit greener <laughs> for them. So maybe that's maybe that's the way to go. This is quite maybe an interesting one now with the top three. So c- can you see that now? I certainly can. Oh, interestingly, Eddie and Ketia. Hang on. Um, there you go. What do you make of that one, Chaz? He's got a 30.97% chance of scoring um, against West Ham. I think the question is, who's replacing Hazus? Because structurally, he's a major loss to that side. However, I feel Arteta can cover him, whether he puts even Martinelli up top just for something completely different and then reshuffle he's that. He's spoken before. about that. I think I saw someone saying that he's actually spoken about that on Twitter, that you might play Martinelli as a nine, which would be yeah. disgusting considering his price in FPL. Yeah. I think Nketiah mm. would do okay, but I'm just not sure if he's up to the standard Arteta demands considering our league position and at this time of season. But within the festive period, I do see him getting a start to simply rotate the players. What would you like to see in that game, Chazza? What would you like to see as a fan? attending, travelling all the way from Australia to watch the game? Just for theatrical senses, I want to see Martinelli up top. <laughs> you've heard it from the man himself, Arteta. You've, you've got to do it. If you're not doing it, you don't have the fans behind you. Chaz wants Martinelli as a nine. Um, anyway, Mohamed Salah does remain in second place mm. um, despite that little mix-up. Um, he's got a 39.53% chance of scoring against Aston Villa. And then the number one is not Erling Haaland, which I'm very, very surprised about. Um, it is Harry Kane, who has a 40.4% chance of scoring against Brentford. Um, Kane obviously wasn't on his best form um, goal-scoring-wise at the, the World Cup, Holly, but he still was putting up some decent performances. Um, he was linking the play nicely, as as we know, this more mature. And as Harry Kane you know, gets a little bit older, he does like to become that sort of playmaker, um, but he's also a lethal finisher. So are you back in Kane to, you know, continue his, his red hot form, Molly? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think before the World Cup, obviously we spoke about how little he was blanking for Tottenham. Um, and his uh, dropping deep or, you know, linking up play, so to speak, it's been frustrating for a lot of fans. But I think we saw at the World Cup that if he's doing it at his best, he can bring others into the game um, and he can get assists as well as goals. Like, he was playing some wonderful football. If you take it back to the round of 16 game against Senegal, he was linking up play beautifully and he even got a goal, which was you know quite a wonderful finish. So he, he's capable of doing everything. Um, I back him in. He's um, one of those that I would look to be getting in your team if you haven't got him already. Obviously, with the unlimited transfers, you've got a chance to bring him in if you missed him earlier on in the season. I'd be having a look. Obviously, he can score goals. Yes, he'll frustrate you by moving up the pitch. But at the end of the day, I think if you don't have him, you're going to be made to pay for it. So um, I'd be getting him in. 
Yeah, I would agree with what you're saying there. And um, it sort of links us nicely. Um, we will get onto our teams and, you know, what they're looking like, our draft teams, as we head into game week 17 in just a minute. But before then, um, I've just got to let you know that if you haven't already downloaded the EPL Live app, you've got to get onto it now. And they're partnered with us and they're the preferred Premier League app. Um, so it's called EPL Live and it's by Sportsmate. You get exclusive articles by our very own FPL Addicts panel. Um Ollie Walker Peel, you know, he's doing his thing. Chaz is doing his thing with his captains and everything. So you get all sorts on there. Um, you get so many stats, um, all that sort of stuff. The, it, it's literally all the information that you need in one place. So it's uh, it really is the everything you need for FPL to build your team. So if you haven't already, make sure you're getting on the EPL live app. Um, it really is a big help with making your drafts. But um Boys, this is the exciting part now because we can look at each other's teams. We can laugh when Chaz has still got Miggy Almiron in his team, um, even though he's got every single right to. Um, so we'll bring mine up first. Um, it's, it was a quick five minute, you know, who should I get into my team? A um, <clears throat> couple of transfers made. As, as, as I'm sure you know, we get unlimited transfers post-World Cup, which is, um, you know, it's a free wild card, essentially. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to be having fairly similar teams. So as the two goalkeepers, I've gone with Kepper and I've gone with Danny Ward. Um, I think Ward was the second highest scoring goalkeeper by the end of game week 16, which is just crazy considering he didn't keep a clean sheet for so many game weeks. But um, he somehow still manages to to fraud us. You know, playing four million goalkeeper is always going to be pretty much everyone's second choice and then for the defense i've gone with stuck with trippier i think he's going to continue uh, his form you know provided that he doesn't get an injury i think you know it's getting to that congested time of the season now where we will start to see players you know get a couple of injuries you know tightness in the muscles and all that sorts and i think trippier is someone who's aging there's always potential for that he's always one that i'm worried about going down injured but um he remains in my team for now Cancelo and then Reese James uh, alongside Anderson and Bueno from Wolves. Now I've seen a lot of Bueno hype on um, on Twitter. I know absolutely nothing about him, but everyone seems to think that he's going to play. <laughs> and he is, um, I believe, he's three point nine million. Uh, I think if he's going to be playing for Wolves um, at, at that price point, I think you really do have to go with him. Um, I think he's a better option than the likes of Nico Williams. And obviously, as you can see. Wolves have got some nice fixtures as well. They've got Everton away, Man United at home, Aston Villa away, and then West Ham at home as well. So that is the defence. Uh, in terms of the midfield, I've still gone with the Arsenal double up, which was in which was my team before the World Cup with Saka and Martinelli. Um, I, I'll be hoping that Martinelli plays as a number nine because if he is, then that is just an absolute bargain to have in your midfield. Rashford, much more of the same. Um, I do hope that he continues to fire for Man United. He was really good for the the little bits that we saw from him um, at the World Cup. I thought he was one of England's better players um, from the tournament. And um, he really showed what he can do, um, you know, because he hasn't been on it for last season especially, but he's paving his way back into the side this season, which is good to see. And then Foden and Andreas round off the midfield. And then up top, I've gone with my man, Callum Wilson, um, I just keep backing him into score. He'll be the one that gets injured, but I do back him into score when he's playing. And then Harry Kane and Erling Haaland as well. And it looks like the armband is probably going to be going on Haaland. Um, he's got a very nice fixture this week. Um, so that is my team, boys. It's my uh, my 15-man squad. I'm fairly happy with the way that it looks. I'm sure that it won't be my team going into the deadline, but um, feast your eyes on it. And what do you make of it? Banging that, mate. I like it. 
I'm just not sure about what um, Chelsea goalkeeper situation. Like. I'm not too sure. For all the drafts that I've seen, a lot of people have gone with Kepa. Yeah. Um, if it's not going to be Kepa, I think there's a couple of you know 4.5 million goalkeepers that I could go with. Um, mm-hmm. If I don't want to end up doing that, I can downgrade ooh, someone and maybe maybe get like a Nick Pope. But I think um, a lot of people that are still going with Pope, I would probably say you're better off going with Sven Botman for 4.4 million um, as your double Newcastle, because I think, you know, he's yet to score. He's come close a couple of times, but, you know, we've we've looked strong defensively and he's been fairly, fairly decent for us. He's been a really good signing. Um, He loves a diagonal ball. He gets a lot of passes. So he's one for the bonus point system as well, I think. But, um, yeah, the, the keeper situation is one that I will have to monitor closely for Chelsea because obviously Kepa was playing a lot before the World Cup. Um, that's because Mendy was obviously injured, but Mendy was playing for uh, Senegal at the World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, who Potter prefers. But if it's going to be Kepa, I think, you know, with those fixtures, as you can see on screen, it's it's a lot of green at the minute for Chelsea. So I think he's going to be one that a lot of people go with. So, yeah, yeah. And they've they've just wanted just a folding rotation, right? Just yeah, I think, honestly, I think with Foden, I think it's a lot of World Cup hype for me and thinking, you know, Foden's going to be playing on that left-hand side. He's made it his, but it's difficult with City. Um, I didn't have enough to go with De Bruyne. I would love to have De Bruyne in my team. Mm. Um, he's another one. I think him and him and Kane are going to come back to the Premier League with a, a big point to prove. Kane, obviously, with the, the penalty miss and De Bruyne really just underperformed with Belgium. So I think Bel- they're going to be... Belgium underperformed, didn't they? Overhyped. Yeah. They were they were absolutely horrible. Um, they were absolutely nothing special. So I think De Bruyne back in his element in that City team, and Kane, you know, back with Spurs, um, you know, surrounded by all the other bottle jobs, he's going to be absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I would change about my team, um, and the way that I would sorry get a better goalkeeper, as I've just been reminded in the chat, is there's no Miggy Almiron, which does make me sad. Um, <laughs> That was the There's first no... thing I thought of. That was a, my, my first point was to look across the midfield. There's no Miggy Almiron. Yeah. Do you know why I've done it? It's because if I bring Almiron in, he'll stop scoring. But if he's not in my team, he'll keep scoring for us. And that's what I want because team goes over FPL. So that's that's why um, you boys can all enjoy your Almiron awesome points. Heret- awesome <laughs> fake superstition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, as I said, the transfer that I'd make to get a better keeper in would probably be getting rid of either Saka or Martinelli, um, downgrading them to, well, it's an upgrade to Miguel Amaron in quality, but downgrading in price to, to Miguel Amaron and um, getting a better keeper in for yeah. Kepa. But that is my, that's, that's my team, boys. Um, I'm interested to see what you boys have done with yours, because um, I think there's going to be a lot of similar players, but I think there is the opportunity to go a little bit different. So um, have any of you boys got your, your drafts up and ready to go? Yeah, mine should be ready to go. Oh, I don't know if go this on. is going to be mine. You can go, Ollie. I'll put yours up once, mate. There we go. Um, this is a bit different. I've gone a bit different, but I Pluto, Pluto. don't mind the way that this Ooh. looks. Um, first point on De Bruyne. De Bruyne was originally in this team, but I found that with De Bruyne, I suffocated myself too much and couldn't spend the funds elsewhere. So I went from De Bruyne to Foden, uh, just for those who aren't watching. I'll just run it through quickly. It's a 4-3-3. Leno in goal. Trippier, Kukurea, uh, Lissandro Martinez, Cancelo in a back four. Mount, Fernandez, Foden in a midfield three. Mitrovic, Kane and Haaland with the armband up top. 
Um, I really like Mason Mount as an option. Again, Raheem Sterling is more expensive, and I want Chelsea cover. I want double Chelsea cover. I think Hugh Correa, his price point is looking like a good option. Um, I thought I had our man Kinder Bueno on the bench. He played 90 minutes for Wolves in their first competitive fixture after the World Cup. He played at left-back, so I don't have him in. I probably will get him in, though, even though Williams for Forrest this morning was pretty damn good. He played well, um, much to my dismay. I really like Garnacho, who's sitting on my bench at the moment. I think with Ronaldo out of there, I think it gives a lot of chance for United Assets to have a go. Obviously, Garnacho started this morning against Burnley, alongside Bruno Fernandes, who I think everyone forgets how good Bruno Fernandes was at United before Ronaldo came along. And I, I think... Who forgets? I, no one well, forgets. Everyone a fair few people might have forgotten. You won't have as a United fan, but you see my point. I think he's the one that's going to benefit from Ronaldo. FPL you knows how good he was. Like, storming off with Piers Morgan. I think he's going <laughs> to... I think Fernandez is going to benefit from the fiasco most. Um, and I think Leno in goal. I, I like Fulham's fixtures. They've got a double um, coming up as well, uh, which I wanted to take advantage of. Uh, but I like the way that Fulham's fixtures look. Um, if you have a look into here, there's a lot of threes, but Palace away, I can see him getting a result. Southampton, they're a basket case. Leicester, <laughs> are a basket case. Um, and then after that, it gets a little bit ropey. But they've got a double in there, so I do want to take advantage of that. Um, but that's the way things look at the moment. Again, I, like I might it change things up. Um, I like it, I'm, I'm going a bit rogue. Obviously, I'm second in the league. I've, I've built back towards you. This is going to go one or two ways. But I think with the way that Fernando's ownership is looking, that is low at the moment at 2.6. Yeah. Garnacho is even lower at 0.7. Um, so I think that at the moment... This is looking okay. Mason Mount's under 7% as well. So I think I've got the big players in. I've got a few differentials. Following the double. That's my team. What do we think? What do we think? Yeah, I think you're putting a lot of planning into it, aren't you? You're really targeting that double game week um, as, a, as a big point of your, your team here, aren't you? Yeah, the, the Fulham one. Um, and obviously Chelsea having one helps as well, um, especially given that they've got Bournemouth this week. It makes things really easy to want to get Chelsea assets in. Um, their double game week comes in 19 as well, where they do play Fulham. Um, so I wanted to go to one Fulham defender and I can swap out Leno for Danny Ward if need be as well. So that's what we're looking at the moment. I think as well with the five contributions that Bruno Fernandes had over the World Cup, he stood out. And I think with Ronaldo going, it's really just a, a double for me as to why I want to bring him in. Um, I really wanted to start Garnacho this weekend. The only reason why I haven't done is I just want to see how he goes, because he's obviously been coming off the bench in Premier League games. Started this morning in the League Cup. If he starts over the weekend, he gives me serious consideration to start him. And I think he goes ahead of Andreas Pereira in the bench pecking order for me. Um, but yeah, I think that's how that's how we're going to look. I've got the Triple City. I didn't have Cancelo in there originally, but I think I, I, I probably need him. Foden and, and Haaland, you've just got to have. So yeah, hopefully it goes well for me. If it doesn't, then it'll probably... You know, yeah. I'll probably sign that. The, 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 the Garnacho one's a really, really interesting one because like Sancho was not at the races. He's been obviously doing a lot of training on his own as well. Um, didn't make the World Cup squad. So Ronaldo, as you mentioned, is gone. So Garnacho's look pecking order. Elanga's not looking great either from, from what he did last year. Um, so Garnacho's a great asset to have if you're not tripling up elsewhere with United that, and that's probably my issue which we'll look at shortly but I think it looks good at Oli um, not a massive fan, fan of Mount every time I put him in he's a bit like that Sterling 
kind of shout. You put him in when it looks good and then doesn't perform or don't play or just doesn't turn up. Yeah. But I think Mount can definitely fire at any time. So having him in the squad, if, if you can accommodate him, then uh, yeah, happy days. I love the Martinez shout, by the way, as well. Uh, That's a big one. Yeah, yeah big fan, just quick, big fan. quickly on quickly on Mount as well. I'm just going to say quickly, the plan is to move off Mason Mount after the Chelsea double game week to an Arsenal option, be that Saka or Martinelli. That is that is the plan. I want to get an Arsenal cover in, um, in attack, because obviously they're top of the league at the minute. That's my one worry with this team, is there's no Arsenal cover. But I think if I can have a bit of a contingency plan, get one in quickly, um, then I should hopefully be okay. Hopefully. Interesting. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a solid team. Um, Chaz, I'm interested to see what yours is looking like. Um, oh, there better God. be. I'm just expecting one man, Miguel Almiron, <laughs> to be plonked in the middle of your pitch, and I'm going to be disappointed. There he is. There he is. So take us through yours, Chaz. All right. So before I give my illustrious insights into my team, I just want to mention two things about Ollie's team very quickly. One, I like the aesthetics. There's a bit of blue, a bit of red, and then a bit of light blue just on the right hand side. And Ollie. When you can, can you please let me know when you're going to start your new series of Murder in the Dark podcast? Because I don't know how much light you have in your bedroom at the moment, but I'm convinced if this podcast goes for another two hours, we will not see your face. You had it last season, Chaz. It's now Ollie's turn. I was going to say, I've just gone full Arctic Monkeys here because this is what happens when the sun goes down. Um, Literally, I've had the light come through the window. It's been brilliant. And the sun's just set. And I, I thought the sun was going to stay up in time and it hasn't done. So... I look like a bit of a Wally. It's because you're rambled on go. with your team. That's I'm why. Gonna, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go turn a light on. Chaz, enlighten us with your team, mate. Beautiful. All right. Well, to my best to enlighten. I'm not sure if there will be much coming. However, look, I'm not up to the pre- preparation standard compared to OWP, but I've made a couple of changes. I've done the hokey pokey with De Bruyne and Salah. So De Bruyne went out, Salah back in, and vice versa. Bueno's come in for Totti just for 3.9 cultural reasons. And another big one is Solanke's gone out for Darwin Nunes. I think he will have a good festive period and a solid second half of the season. And the way he played against Southampton put a, enough case for me to put him straight in the team. He just, it's reflected on his stats too, and he's making the most of his opportunities right now. So that's how I see it. 3 4 3. Due to Boxing Day reasons, Zaha and Mitrovic are both still in there. I do like De Bruyne still as an option, but Bruno's still been heavily considered, considering his price point. Ben White has come in too as a surprise, but I've really liked him defensively, especially in the last eight game weeks. Andreas is first, but I do have my worries that he's going to score a hatful. But Miggy, more importantly, is in the heart of that side, despite getting bottled by the Tim Flowers quotes in game week 12. I'm here to preview on five game weeks later. He is the heart and soul of this team. And Harlan captain for now. Love the Tim Flowers shout. Absolutely love it. That is brilliant. I think it's a, it's a good-looking team, Chaz. Um, I think, as you said, Ollie's was, was looking nice aesthetically. I think you could obviously rearrange a couple of players That's to make great. it look a, l- a little easier on the eye. Um, yeah. you know, maybe shift shift Miggy across <laughs> to the left. And then, you know, you could have the De Bruyne where Miggy is and you have the nice line of blue. But um, other than that, in terms of the actual players who are in the team, um, I think it's a good team. I think Ben White's an interesting one. Um, 
I'm not trusting the Arsenal defence just mm. with the fixtures. I think there are better options. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind Ben White. I had him in my team before the break and he did very well for me. Um, Zaha is another one that I think a lot of people are frustrated with. So I think you're going to see a lot of people move on from Zaha. But for the next two weeks, they've got two nice fixtures. So I think um, if you're holding him like you are, I think there's big opportunity for a lot of points there. And uh, I love the Darwin Nunes shout. I think... He is going to continue to do what he does because I think, you know, it's very easy to label people as, you know, a flop or whatnot. But the the times that Darwin Nunes has played, he's he's scored goals and you can't deny that. So if he can continue that for you, um, you'll be very happy with that, I'm sure. That's right. Well, if I had to consist this team right now in terms of the time I put into my own physical activity, I'm still in the warm-up. So just warming up, easing myself back into the game after a month off. There's all plenty of changes. That's what the Christmas chaos is all about. Love it. Love it. And and Jack, the, the final podcast member to reveal your team, is it looking similar to any of ours or have you, you gone full rogue and gone completely off the grid? Do you know something? I've, I've made some changes to my team to make sure this title charge is still on. And I've gone for the premium at the minute. Um, so I've gone. You can see, obviously, Salah hasn't made anyone's team, but he's made mine. At the minute, um, I've made a couple of changes round at the back. Uh, you can see on there, if I'll just go onto my screen, actually. I've got the uh, I have the triple up. Oh, God, I've changed my team a couple of times, actually. Uh, Sanchez has gone in goal instead of Guaita. Um, I took him out. Uh, not too sure why I did, but I did. Uh, at the back, I've gone Dallo, Cancelo, Trips and James. Obviously, there's flags on Dallo and James. But what I might do, I might actually... Uh, Martinez for United is my kind of backup option for Dello if he if he isn't looking good for the game. Um, and then I've gone in midfield. Rashford has remained in the team. De Bruyne and Miggy and Salah have all come in, uh, and Harland and Mitro up top. Uh, Andreas, Nick, Neko, and Greenwood on the bench. Not obviously too excited about the bench. A bit like I guess Chaz's uh, bench is not too exciting on there. So. Uh, and obviously, I've gone down to a four-four-two um, in honour of Chaz being in the UK. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. It's doing something a little bit different, uh, and you know, trying to get the advantage back on because you know, Ollie's Ollie's chasing the league's looking tight. I was kind of uh, riding my luck, I think, in the last couple of game weeks, and managed to remain top. So I think at that point, alarm bells now need to change, need to change it up. So. That is how my team's looking, lads. Um, I've gone big. Prove me wrong and tell me where I'm going wrong. I think you rode your luck for 16 game weeks, to be honest, mate. I don't reckon it was the last game. <laughs> because you were missing I, for 14 of them, mate. Yeah, I, I didn't even remember what your team looked like, but I, I think it's a good team. Um, I actually do think that it's a very, very solid draft that you've gone with. Um, as, as we said, as I mentioned with Zaha, um, with Chaz, I think Salah's going to be the same with you. Just in terms of us, as you said, no one here has got Salah. So if, you know he he's got some decent fixtures, um, and Liverpool are another team with a, a big point to prove, um, and he's going to probably be central big to that time. Salah. So I think he's going to be huge about, for you. It's all about Salah, I think. I think it's all about Salah. He's got to, he's got to come out, you know, and Liverpool have got to come out and go for it. You know, I think it's probably done them good. We talked about. West Ham having a good break over the over the World Cup, but I think Liverpool were just in that category as well, where they did obviously finish off pretty strong. Um, you know, Salah scored what I don't know, maybe five, five or six goals across the three games, including the Champions League. 
Um, maybe more actually, because obviously he got the three, he got he got a hat trick against Rangers, didn't he? In that very short stint. Um, so I think it's all about Salah coming in. I, I think same argument about De Bruyne. Um, I think Elliot you picked him. He, he needs to step up again. Rashford's in form. Miggy, if he carries on the form, I don't think you can look away from him. And then Haaland and Mitro. I don't know. I think it just feels right in there, but maybe the defense might change around depending on what the uh, you know the fitness fitness uh, and injury news comes in what that looks like but pretty happy yeah i think as we say you just got to wait for the press conferences from the managers um you know don't have too many bevies on christmas day um and do remember to to make your transfers is, is the biggest challenge for you it's i think struggle, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a struggle <laughs> ollie what do you reckon mate are you worried about this team or not uh yeah i mean i'm i'm not worried but i'm in this instead of something i'm like i'm happy for you that you've been you've very managed. quiet I'm, I'm so happy that you've like managed to actually to build a decent team. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that you. I'm happy that you put all the sense out on the paper, and that team makes it look like you haven't been lucky. If, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, I'm a little bit worried for the fullbacks as they appear on your screen with Dallow and James having yellow flags on them. Um, I just don't. The see why. It makes the aesthetics look great, though. Can I just say yeah, it does? Get, yeah, if you could get Sterling in for Salah and Wilson in for Mitrovic, <laughs> I think it's the perfect looking Sterling, team. Sterling's not coming. Um, so I think I think for the fullbacks, yeah. one I think you spot on all. I think Martinez for Dallow if you don't make it, and then Cucurella for James, and that'll be yeah. where I'm at. And obviously, save the cash as well. Yeah, I just don't see why with unlimited transfers you'd go into a week with someone who's uncertain to play. I know you had the same issue, Elliot, before with Kepper. I just think personally, I wouldn't, you know, obviously I'm not managing your teams. They're not my team, so do what you want with them. But I, that's not what I'd do. Um, the rest of it, I really like Mohamed Salah as an option because obviously in terms of our podcast league, he's a differential for you, mm. which we haven't said all too often over the last two, three years. Um, yeah, I, I do really like that team. Um and to be honest, yeah, even though I don't sound worried, I'm a, I'm not worried yet because a long way to go. But I, <laughs> I feel like you're talking yourself into nervous. it and then out of it. And I'm nervous. I'm starting to get a bit shaky. I'm not worried He's still talking. He's still talking. It's a decent team. There you go. It's a good team. It's a decent team or a good team. What is it? Or is it a great team? He doesn't get nervous, but he's starting to get a little bit shaky, I think. No, mate. I'm a little bit worried. Uh, anyway, boys, it's good, to, it's, good, it's good to see four fairly, you know, different drafts. There wasn't a, a single draft there where, you know, all 11 players, all 15 players were the exact same. So there's some variety with the premium assets and everything, which is what we want because it makes the league all that bit more competitive. Um, let us know in the reds. comments. Yeah, well, they're going to be the same, aren't they? They're probably... T- Reedy's not food shopping. They're together now. They're, they're planning it out, aren't they? They're planning their drafts together. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, mate. Copy and paste them to Scousers. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Well, well, Reedy's bottom of the league, so it's going to be all Mikey. It's going to be Mikey's work, isn't it? That's all yeah, there's going to be. I was going to say, relegated this year. If, you're, if you're in Mikey's position, why would you want to copy? Why would you want to copy Reedy? No, Reedy's going to copy Rev. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So I'm just saying yeah. that, you know, Reedy, is either, he's going to come out with a masterclass. It's like in uh, it's like in high school or in university. He's going to plagiarize the absolute hell out of everybody else. It's like it's copying his homework. Say, yeah. uh, don't don't uh, don't make it obvious that you've you've changed my homework. Take it, but don't make it obvious. He's going to make it blindingly. He's going to make it blindingly obvious. Well, he did some weird things at university. I've your <laughs> stories. So 
He's capable of plagiarism. Not for the, not for the podcast. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Um, and he's going to rise up the leagues, I reckon, because he's just going to leech off the back of everybody else. Potentially. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, we'll be interested to see what their drafts look like. But let us know on Twitter. Let us know now whose draft you think is looking the best, because I'm very interested to hear. We'll maybe get a, a poll up on Twitter or something like that before the What's deadline worth? hits. Well, Merry Christmas, Reedy. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, we will move on to the final segment of the podcast today. I've waited a month and a bit for just to hear the the sweet sound of Chaz's voice um, for Captain's Corner. So we've deprived you of it for too long. So Chaz, take it away, my friend. I'm not sure it will be as sweet as the sweet Caroline soundtrack, but unfortunately there's no song to go with it today. But I've got a bunch of names here. And I've got some stats. I'll go over it quickly for game week 17. Firstly, it's fantastic to bring back this segment. And I hope everyone's been enjoying the, what is it, the Spotify album, which I do need to get hold of, of all of the different editions I've had throughout the season. But the top option heading into game week 17, of course, is the Nordic Meat Shield. Now, there's two big points. Of course, one, there's no World Cup. And point number two, he hasn't had any playing time for Ashton United in the non-league. So they didn't sign him. He's... Rest, recuperate and recharge, reset to go. Leeds, on the other hand, have had two clean sheets at home all season. What is it? And then within the last two games head-to-head, City have scored 11 goals without Leeds having a reply. Harlan did play in City's friendly against Girona last Saturday, in which he scored. And with Leeds, they've scored seven, conceded seven in their last two league games. Back on their friendly, Kevin De Bruyne also did score in City's 2-0 win against Girona. He's very consistent away from home. He's only blanked once in their six away games. And in their... Well, actually, not that. In his six games, he's played away from home. He's had one goal and five assists. Mohamed Salah, just like Haaland, he hasn't had a World Cup to deal with, but he's... In his six games against Aston Villa in all competitions, he's managed five goals and an assist. So what the point is, is that he does hold a respectable record against the villains. Speaking of Liverpool, I'll also mention Darwin Nunes in itself. I had to check if Olling was on there for a minute. Got a brace against the Saints and got a brace in a friendly against AC Milan last weekend. Just a bit of a hit around before they go back into league action. And in Nunez's last six games in all competitions, he is ranked inside the top three for expected goals in all of those games. Liverpool do have a nice run ahead for their next 11 game weeks with none of them being ranked four or and above, with five rated as a two and six of them Raiders rated as a three. But we all know what the Reds are like. They are capable to do damage to any side in the league. However, the league table so far this season hasn't been a true reflection I'll mention Marcus Rashford quickly, too, who Ollie mentioned earlier. He scored in the League Cup against Burnley, and the way he finished, his confidence is brimming. Speaking of Rashford, I got this the other day at the Taunton Bookstore, this one. I can't wait to give out a read. There's some cracking life quotes in that one. The only side who has conceded more than Nottingham Forest 30 goals is Bournemouth with 32. And he did did have a start in the World Cup. Scored three goals, and with no Ronaldo anymore at Man United, I do see him benefiting a lot. I like Bruno Fernandes and the many other United assets coming through the ranks. Mitrovic very quickly. Now, he does have a game week 19, 
and thus played Palace and the Saints beforehand. However, there is a curveball. We do love a couple of curveballs. One more booking and he's suspended for the next game. So it may follow on to missing a game against the Saints, who, as Ollie referred to, is a genuine basket case. Or if he gets suspended in that game, he'll miss one of the two games for Fulham's double game week 19. Harry Kane very quickly has only blanked three times all season. But if he scores against Brentford in the early kickoff, remember a Gandhi quote? Never back it anyways. He would have scored 10 goals in Boxing Day, which is a league record. And if he does score, he's only four goals away from matching Alan Shearer's 23 goals scored over the festive period, which is also a Premier League record. Raheem Sterling, just very quickly, he has an exceptional record against the Cherries. Nine goals, two assists in his nine appearances against them. So if you want to go full rogue, I reckon he's a good shout. That's all for my captains for now. I'm now I'm not sure if you'll expect better in the coming game weeks, but I'll give it everything I have. But that's for your return. More importantly, it's great to be back. Thank you very much. That was fast. That was insightful. Watch, Charles, uh, yeah. You're, nice. not, you're not lacking much practice, are you? You're fully nah, fit, son. Ma- match fit, yeah. You're ready to go. Better than bloody West Ham or someone like that will be. You know, that was that was awesome. Um, as it always is, very insightful. A lot of good picks. Didn't didn't know that about Sterling. Um, that that makes me want to get him in my team even more. Um, for these upcoming yeah. games. Good point, so, of Mitrovic too. By the way, um, yeah. For what it's worth, yeah. The, the the ruling is that a player must avoid five yellow cards in the team's first 19 games of a season. Fulham are a fair way away from that. Fulham have played 15 games so far this season. So wow. there's there's a fair few games that Fulham have got to navigate. And genuinely, I'm very much considering getting rid of Mitrovic out of my team. But we'll see. Yeah, Colm's just said that Kane is on four yellow cards as well. So, Oh, brilliant. Interesting. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, Interesting. all in on Martial. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Martial, you are the one. He's going to be the best player in the world. <laughs> we'll just have to see. But Chaz, thank you. Yeah, it could. Who knows? Thank you very much for that. And boys, it has been good to be back today. We will obviously be back next week um, and you'll see how all of our drafts have fallen flat on its faces and we've absolutely given you all the wrong advice. But we hope you have enjoyed. If that's the one thing you take out of the podcast, then we hope that you've enjoyed it. We've had a good laugh. It's good to see all your faces again and it's good to talk football again um, since we've been away with the World Cup. But there's, there's Burger King. That, that's where that, no, that's where Reedy and Rev met up to, to discuss their FPL team was Burger King. We got a meal together. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! And um, obviously, we hope that Reedy and Rev will be able to join us next week as well. But until then, have a very, very nice Christmas if you are celebrating, and may all your FPL dreams come true in game week seventeen. Bye for now. Bosh. Bye. <laughs>